0: The following podcast contains spoilers and very rude words. We watched a thing once again. The boys are back. You got me. You got tof, You know the drill. How you doing, mate? That was so much energy. <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring. You energy. could have beaten the orcs single handed. <laughs> I have to justify my sweat levels now. <laughs> Yuck. Oh Jesus. I mean, it's <laughs> but here we are, and uh, we are about to crack into the second of the trilogy, the Two Towers. <laughs> um, before we get into it, I have to ask. I know that you watch these movies every year, so it hasn't been that long since you've seen it. I know that you're the same as me. You think this is the weakest of the three, right? I don't want to say. You don't want to say? No. You just want to get into it? Yeah. All right. Well, here we go. Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers is a 2002 epic fantasy adventure film directed by Peter Jackson from a screenplay by Fran Walsh, Philippa Boyens, Stephen Sinclair, and Jackson, based on, obviously, the 1954 novel The Two Towers, the second volume of The Lord of the Rings. It stars, as I said last week, Elijah Wood, Ian McKellen, Liv Tyler, Vigo Mortensen, Sean Astin, Kate Blanchett, John Reese, davies Bernard Hill, Christopher Lee, Billy Boyd, Dominic Monaghan, Orlando Bloom, Hugo Weaving, Miranda Otto, David Wenham, Brad Dourif, Carl Urban, and Andy Serkis, and what is it about, Toph? Uh, Disgracing the legacy of the World Trader, No. <laughs> Do you Don't remember do that, that? Do you remember that fake post that someone did about a? Pe- they like they started a petition. Was like they can't do this, <laughs> As, and just and it was like it it was fake. But of course, plenty of people were yeah. like, "Yes, this is anyway." I actually well, yeah, because obviously this happened the year after that. I wonder if they ever discussed changing the title. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, weird weird title. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Now, now Tolkien never wanted to name any of them because he just considered it one work in. Six parts. Yeah. And the publishing house was like... In six parts? Yes. Well, like, when you read it, there's book one, book two, book three, book four, book five, book six. Yeah, book okay. six. And the, yeah, right. the three books volumes, as we know them, Yeah. Yeah. have two, book, two books each. Yeah, right. And, yeah, the naming of the two towers for the... It, it doesn't work that well. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so, too. Particularly as the... As it is in the film, the two towers, as presented in the film, are not the two towers of the book. R- really, they're yes. different towers. Look, they're, look, there are different. <laughs> Does that mean there are four towers? There's, there's a, there's a level of choose your own adventure as to what are the two towers. Personally, I cannot. It's Gandalf, Imagine Saruman. they're the two towers. They're the two towers. <laughs> I, I don't know how you could read the two towers and come away thinking that the two towers in question all uh, thank and Dirt. It's just that's just not the story of the Two Towers. The book. Now the issue, of course, with the film is that we don't get far enough into the book of the Two Towers to have yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> to have what most people think yeah, is at they least changed like, the end point. Um. Anyway, so Two Towers, kind of silly name for the movie we get, but it it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> We've just been talking for a long time about something of no consequence. <laughs> well, should we crack into it and watch the movie then? Yeah. All right, let's do it. everybody we are back we are back and we are all two towers up in our eyeballs and our e-holes and our orifices and our hearts (laughs) yes that's that's the main orifice less less the thing you (laughs) all right let's chat about it do you know i remember when the first time i saw this film in the cinema okay i have to ask before you go on was it a minute did you do the marathon I don't I I don't remember. It's too long I, ago. I do remember. Me and my friends did the marathon for those next two consecutive years. So when this came out, obviously it was you'd go Boxing Day night and they would or maybe it was even Christmas night actually and they played this one at midnight it and the been, other it one would beforehand. have been Christmas yeah. Yeah. And it was it was amazing. Like I remember the vibe at the cinema, and it was not long after this, they stopped doing movie marathons. I can't remember the last one I saw. They just don't do them anymore. But it was it was something special. It was really something special. I remember being really a bit shirty because two of my closest friends at the time were living in England, and it came out almost, I think almost two, maybe even a full fortnight before it came out here. And I was living in just absolute rage <laughs> the two of my friends that two of my friends had seen this film and I hadn't. I was filthy. yeah I was just a deeply petty, <laughs> angry man. And as Australians, we're fairly used to that, but it's funny, these days it's it's lesser for big movies. It's more you kind of smaller indie movies where you might wait up to like three months, which seems ridiculous. <laughs> but a big movie like this, that's shocking to have to wait that long. Oh, we were so mad. Um, but then I do remember it in the cinema, like, this movie starts, and you could feel it in the cinema. People were like, has something gone wrong? What? Why are we watching something from an hour ago yeah. in the last movie? Yeah. Like, there was genuinely this moment where it was like, has the projectionist fucked up here? <laughs> yes. Has he put the wrong reel on? <laughs> um, Yeah, obviously, obviously this movie starts with Gandalf, who's- yeah. Who's dead. And it's a great start. It's a great start. So we start. think. It's it's so we think. Um, instead, he has a bit of a biff with a Balrog again. <laughs> but is it, is it what happened or is it just a vision? We don't know. Ah, we yes. We don't know. It's just what Fro. It seems to be what Frodo is seeing because he wakes up quite startled. Yes, it does seem to be his kind of nightmare. The language of cinema would lead us to believe <laughs> that Frodo has perceived this. That's right, because according to the language of cinema- if they had played that scene in sepia, we we as viewers would be aware it was a flashback instead of a dream. this happened in the sixties. Yeah. <laughs> Similar amount of drug use. Yeah, yeah. Not not far off. Middle Earth in the third age. Is it yeah. the third age? I forget. Yeah, this is the third age, right? Because the um the rings of power is the second age, I believe. <laughs> missing I'm not that right I'm not now. not good with my ages, so you've been keeping up on it then. Like not to sidetrack, but to sidetrack, I guess you've been keeping up with Rings of Power. Yes, I'm. Yes, so last we are recording this on the day that the last episode. All right, yeah, because it's quite short. yeah? six seven episodes. Uh, eight, yes, eight. Uh, something. Yeah. So I've watched the first two. Quite enjoyed it, um, but I have fallen off. I will catch up, but I just you know other stuff. Cool, good story. <laughs> We watched a thing and then paused. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, sticking with the beginning of this film, if I can, unless there's anything else (laughs) you want to talk (laughs) about. Um, I have been watching (laughs) She-Hulk. Gollum turns up quite early. Yes. um, And immediately just starts copying a beating that will last two whole fucking movies. This guy just absolutely... This guy gets flogged so hard. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing of him, but fucking hell, he's a gamer. I, I actually wanted to ask you this: at what point, if any, because I'm not, I'm not sure that everyone necessarily does, but I do. At what point, if any, do you feel bad for Gollum? Like, do you feel it as soon as this movie starts? Do you feel it? No, no. It's not. It's not until for, for me, not until Smeagol turns up. Really, it's not until. The third movie, basically, when you see no, the no, flashback, this, this movie is that like this when movie? when he reverts to Smeagol. Oh, not, sorry, not in I the, thought not you in meant- the OG form. Okay, yeah, really. Okay, that's interesting. He's a dreadful little prick, Gollum. He's dreadful. Yeah, I think there is something in the filmmaking though that lets you know that there is more to this creature though. That the, this creature has had a horrific fucking time of it. <laughs> I think you can feel that pretty early. Yeah, true. Um, you just don't care. No, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why you spend your weekends down at the Greyhound track. Because I'm dead inside. You don't give a shit. Fucking run, dogs. <laughs> your words. <laughs> How does anyone Greyhound, what is, what is going on? What Greyhound <laughs> racing? <laughs> Fucking hell. It's not still a thing, is it? It's still a thing. Really? That's her. I mean, well, honestly though, is horse racing that much better? No, it's nearly Melbourne Cup, and that shouldn't still yeah, be achieved thing. Speaking of things I couldn't give a shit about, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Look, I uh, in fact last fellowship, I said I, w- I would enjoy a supercut of Gandalf abusing Pippin. Yeah. We could just throw in <laughs> Gollum getting wailed on. I think both would be quite fun to watch. Yeah. He gets the crap beaten out oh of him God. constantly. The guy bounces back just <laughs> amazingly. <laughs> also fairly on in this film. You you were on at me in the last movie. It was like, if you are you gonna say anything negative or critical about this film? And I was like, no. Here's my first my first critical thing. Okay. About two towers. Oh wow, oh wow. So we're only ten minutes in and you're getting here already. We didn't speak about John Reese Davies in the last episode, who is Fucking fantastic yeah. as Gimli. Absolutely fantastic. What I don't find fantastic in any way, shape, or form is the sudden and startling turn to Gimli as comic relief. It does not work for me one little bit. Yeah. You know what I find really interesting about that, too, is that these movies, quite famously, were filmed back to back. It's not like this came off the back of audience yeah. reaction or anything, so I don't understand where that turn. I mean, the happened. only the only way that could happen is if because they there were there were reshoots, there were re-shoots yeah, were, there were pickups and stuff. I mean, did they decide between Fellowship and Two Towers that yeah, you, know, you know what we need is some laughs and Gimli's yeah. going to give it to us? Well, like because he's got a couple of laughs, I guess, in Fellowship, but not to this level. He does become, like, gimmick central. Like, like one line, like, quips. This is like the invention of the MCU quip. It's, I, I, I think it's quite bad. Yeah. I yeah, really yeah. do. No, I'm i not agree. here for it. I agree completely. Yeah. Because he brought, with. I mean, it's not like Gimli has a ton of lines no. in Fellowship. And John Reese davies brings so much character to the guy Without like that much to work with, yeah. Like such a, I think I think audiences had such a good, um, such a good idea about who this guy was and what culture he came from. Oh yeah, through John Reese Davies' performance. Agreed. Yeah, and for for then this to happen with him in this film, I find such a bummer. Especially off the back of, you know, like, you've, you've got that entire sequence in the first film where they go down to, like, the troll kingdom and they're all dead and he's devastated. Yeah. And you go from that great dramatic turn to this and he kind of never returns, you know, and then by the third film... Which we'll get to, but it becomes even more... Like, his entire thing in that film is the pissing contest with Legolas. And that's really the extent of Gimli in Return of the King. And I think that's a real shame. At the bummer. I miss. He just I missfellowship it. Yeah. I yeah. want him back. Yeah. You really like the beginning of this film, as you just said. I, I do, yeah. I think it's a great beginning, yeah. You don't? Watching it this time, I was like, we get to the first scene with Saruman. He's preparing for... He's starting his preparations for war. And this time I was watching it and I just thought, what if this was the start? What if the Two Towers, which will become a battle film in its Yeah. In its latter stages. Yeah. What if it started with Saruman's preparations and was like, this is what we're in for. We're past, we're past this little party of people doing stuff. It's shit's gone bigger. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see that. It's a, it's a really interesting call, isn't it? Like, how to open a film like this. Especially being the middle of the trilogy. Where it's like, world has been established. Character has been established. So you're right. What you're really establishing is what happens next. And it's it's a tough one. And I think... I I, I do kind of feel like you can see they've struggled a little bit with the structure of this one. And I think the ending... Is a great example of that, and like you brought up, you know, before we watched this movie, it doesn't it doesn't follow with the ending of the books at this point. It they've really shifted things around towards that point to make it work for film. I, I don't know how much it does work. It, I mean, you're right. That would be interesting if the film opened like that. I just really liked that sequence with Saruman, and I was like, yeah. Huh, I wonder if this if this is how we kicked off, and yeah. like, and then caught up with Frodo. I was yeah. just like, I just wonder. Yeah. I I mean I think the the thing I like the most is that the the flashback of Gandalf and opening with that you know the Balrog scene again, um, but yeah that'd be interesting. We get two new villains in this film. We have of course glimpsed um, Gollum, yeah, in Fellowship, but let's let's say we don't really meet him, yeah, yeah, until he starts getting the shit kicked out of him <laughs> in this movie. We also get Worm Tongue once we roll into. Rohan. So we get Andy Circus and Brad Dourif who come in to this trilogy in film two like and are just note perfect. I remember Brad Dourif coming in as worm tongue, and I'm with the same friend that I saw fellowship with. Yeah. And you were just like, Oh my god, it's worm tongue. <laughs> Fucking Chucky is worm tongue. Yeah, I, is- was, I was gonna say, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things, and that has to be that has to be PJ playing with his because obviously the guy fucking loves horror. Yep. So bringing in a guy like Brad Dourif, he must have just been having a meal with it because you know Brad Dourif is he, he plays with things and he has fun and it, he, he's great, <laughs> just astonishingly good. Yeah, as Worm Tongue. Meanwhile, Andy Circus just like immediately in the space of like. The world changed from one day to the other. All of a sudden, we had the Daniel Day-Lewis of mocap. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And anytime anyone needed anything, oh, it was, well, we know who we're calling. And I mean, the, the guy is great at it in defense. He, like- he's just, he's both really good at that thing. He's also just like, his performance of Gollum. Oh, it's stunning. I don't think it can be undersold. Like, have you ever seen the audition tape? No, I haven't. That Andy Circus does, it is astonishing. Yeah, right. It is fucking next yeah. level, the way, the degrees to which he is fucking going for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is incredible. Well, I think people tend to forget, or maybe it's not even forgetting, maybe it's that they don't fully comprehend how much mocap hinges on getting completely into character. You know, like, you see people record- voice work for films like i could just imagine chris pratt recording his mario lines he's just standing there he's just he's not in character you know whereas like andy circus he gets into character which you really have to do to pull off the mocap to that level and it helps the performance in every way (laughs) he was in he was in that fucking stream chasing a pretend fish like he actually was in the stream yeah and like apparently kind of Okay, maybe a little closer to death than his ideal. Yeah. From, yeah. like, hypothermia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and let me be, like, when we watched Fellowship only mere hours ago, I brought up that I had, every time I watch it, I forget how not great Gollum looks, because my memory from watching these for the first time was just incredible. And I think that a lot of what that is is the performance, because let's not forget that mocap was in its infancy in this. Like, I think this was the first big, like, there's a reason that he became like the mocap guy because no one else had ever really done it before. Certainly not to this extent. No, this was, it's a different thing to Jar Jar Binks. Exactly. And I don't just mean that. That's good. <laughs> I mean, Jar Jar Binks is very humanoid, you know, like that. He he was kind of just standing there playing it as a regular person would. This was someone getting completely into a different body, and I think that's why he has become that guy. You know, you see his work in Planet of the Apes, for example, where again he's exceptionally good. Like, I don't think it can be understated how good Andy Circus is in this role. Yep. Yep. We've meeting Worm Tongue in Edoras, once yep. we're once in Rohan this this is one of my maybe i don't know if it's my favorite example but it's where i'm going to bring it up is the legwork that the entire design team of these films yeah do in the world building the the sh, the sheer detail of everything in theoden's hall yeah which a lot of which kind of It could so easily go unnoticed, and that's actually kind of the point Yeah, that the filmmakers must have just said to these people, I think. You're going to have to do this really well, but it's not getting a (laughs) close-up. Yeah, yeah. It's just going to be there. Yeah. And sometimes it it might not be in focus. It might not even wind up in the shot. But the fact that it's there, it will just count for something. Yeah, yeah. Everyone on set will work off it. Yeah. And people who are seeing it on the fringes of a shot, it will just do some level of informing everybody about who these people are, how they live, yeah, how long they've been here. yeah, just it's it's so fucking good that it's moved beyond I think looks like a prop, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just that extra level of authenticity. You know, it's that is that Robert Eggers style filmmaking where it's like, Everything feels lived in and real. And like you say, you don't need to make a point of it. That's not the point of it. <laughs> the point is for it to be there and to, yeah, like you say, inform the landscape almost. And it's, I, I don't know if it's un, unrivaled is a strong word. That is a strong it word. Might, it might be unrivaled. <laughs> <laughs> I oh. Uh... I think it's become much more common these days. I think that certainly back then, like, I, you didn't see... See, these Northwick days I just think of shortcuts. Of I mean, I just feel like people would shoot this on fucking a green well, screen yeah, and... That's, I mean, and that's absolutely true. I don't know if you saw the... Um, just recently it came out, and, and people are still not sure whether this was a joke or whether it was what the story is. But basically, Elizabeth Olsen came out saying that she never met John Krasinski... And it was like, you guys are literally in a scene together in Doctor Strange. But apparently they were just never actually on set together. They filmed their s- shots totally separately on green screens. It was all composited together. And it's like, that is honestly becoming the norm. Like, that's not The, po- the post credit scene for- Thor Love and Thunder the director and two actors were on three different continents. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like that is and I mean you can tell but whatever. <laughs> but that is becoming the norm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, so that's real like and that absolutely extends across the three films. Like it it absolutely counts for Gondor. It absolutely counts for yeah. locations like Bree yeah. in Fellowship. The the work done across God knows how many Locations and sets. Oh yeah, by the the artists. Yeah, I mean on in these movies is just some next level shit. There's a reason that these films boosted New Zealand tourism tenfold, and not just because the scenery looks good. Like people flock to Hobbiton to see that set because the care that was taken with constructing it and just how fucking cool it looks. That like that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I've never been to the Green Dragon for a beer. I really want to. Yeah, I really want we to. We should go one day. We should go, go visit Sam. I mean, well, I have to say Sam, but <laughs> decapitated orc's head landing on Marion Pippin. Yeah, great stuff. I, I love it in these films where Jackson just can't help himself. Oh yeah, he's like, I'm just going to do some gory <laughs> shit. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. uh, can I talk about the orcs in this film? Yes. I don't like that they speak. Do you mean the Urukai or the goblins? I mean, whichever one. Can you wanted, tell them apart? I, I can't tell them apart. <laughs> but I don't like that in this film they start speaking. The whole, uh, you know, tonight we're going to eat, boys. Like I, It doesn't do it for me. Um, where are you on Orc's Beach? I find it strange that they know what a menu is. Y- yeah, yeah, I know. Apparently I, find all that on the stuff I don't know, uh, where have these guys been eating? <laughs> <laughs> Vegan cafes, apparently. Yeah. I I just find it strange. I don't like the dialogue. I don't like the delivery. I just don't like the whole concept of it. I think that these creatures were scarier when they couldn't speak. And from this point on, the speech becomes much more regular and it it doesn't fit the characters. I just don't like it. I reckon I would like it more if it was subtitled and it's in its own language. that I'd be fine with. My suspicion is that I would like that more. Yeah, I agree. That that I would probably be fine with. Because there's, I mean- we don't want to, we don't want to be these guys too much. <laughs> but in the book. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, just let me push my glasses up on my nose. Actually. <laughs> um, like, yes, they do, they talk. Yeah. It's a thing. It yes, but he, hearing hearing the king's English, yeah. that's the first time I've ever said the king's anything. Written it can't be. Well, we've Charlie hasn't been on the throne long, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, should we take a minute's silence? No. <laughs> anyway, but I don't know. Where was I going with that? Hearing, <laughs> hearing, hearing the King's English. Hearing the King's English come out of a monster. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. it it doesn't work for me. I don't like it in any way at all. Okay. Yeah. I think you've made your point. I just have to go out there and say it. I, I don't like it. I don't like it. All right. I won't hold it against you. <laughs> um. Here we go. Here's, here's the thing I like. We, you know, harped on about it for a while in the last episode that I love it when they just throw something at the audience that doesn't make sense. If For most of the audience, it just doesn't make sense. And they're like, we don't care. Yeah. When when Aragorn sees the riding party of the the Rohirrim, the writers of Rohan, and yells out, what news from The Mark? That doesn't really make sense. And if you know that The Mark is a thing from the book that, Relates to Rohan, and you know what he's talking about. If you don't, that makes no fucking sense. And they I mean, don't, I mean, and it, doesn't, just, they they it doesn't. But it just move on. It doesn't. Fine. Yeah, like it doesn't make sense. But in context, it does. I think. I think it makes enough sense that you can you can follow it at least. Well, that's like, it. Yeah. It might not make sense, but you'll follow it. Yeah, and it'll be fine. It's it's like when you watch a surgery scene, you know, and it's like you don't actually understand what the doctors are saying. But you can follow it, you know. Like yeah. you, you know from the context what they're talking about. I'd give surgery a bash. Yeah, twenty cc's of this, twenty cc's of that. Slicey, slicey. I could do that. <laughs> I've seen Crimes of the Future. <laughs> I'd trust you. I'd trust you with a knife. Would you? Would you let me perform surgery on you? Yeah, I would. Like any any region, any De- region, dealer's choice. Okay, so if I if if I wanted to give you a hair transplant, you'd let me do that the same way that you would let me give you a vasectomy. Yes. <laughs> all righty then. All righty. I'll go sterilize a knife. Mildly concerned now what you're transplanting <laughs> onto my head, but all right. No, another great PJ just can't help himself with the gore shot is the, the orc's head. Yeah. On a, on a lance on a, on, or something. Yeah. On a pike. Yeah. Um, Kind of puzzling wide shot leading to that, where you see, like, Aemur has said, oh, yeah, the bodies are burning over yonder. Yeah. We see the smoke coming off in, you know, the the grasslands yeah. of Rohan. When we get next to the burning pile of bodies, they're quite clearly right next to Fangorn Forest, which was nowhere to be seen in that fucking wide <laughs> shot. <laughs> Fangorn just crept up on him. I mean, we know that Fangorn- I mean, you know, we know that's actually a possibility. But at this point, they're still dormant. Yeah. Um, Just a very puzzling shot. I just call bullshit on it. (laughs) I had an issue. I spoke in last episode about the life event that just the trailer for Fellowship was. Just dismayed and utterly stumped at the decision to put Gandalf in the trailer for this film. Yeah yeah it's it's bizarre. and this is part I mean, as you know, it's now been a good man geez, six, seven years that i I haven't watched trailers. I don't do it anymore for this exact reason. It ruins shit. Marketing teams are terrible. This is a really bad example of it, though, because you know, I mean obviously there are people like you as you like to keep pointing out who read the book. <laughs> I think you've mentioned it a time or two once or twice. <laughs> but here we go. I'd for- it had been a while. Yeah, yeah. And I'd forgotten. Yeah. And so that ruined it even for you. It's yeah. it's just poor form. <laughs> that can't be true that I'd forgotten, but <laughs> <laughs> Uh but like imagine that moment in the theater. Yeah. Imagine that if you don't know. Imagine the moment when he comes back. Yeah. It is a great fucking moment. Some, tr- some triumphant shit. Instead, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. He's from the trailer. Yeah, it is a great moment. And and again, we spoke only hours ago about the, the character design and the difference between him and Saruman. And the way that- And as soon as you're the white, you get a hair straightener. Yeah, and yet Gandalf- is still Gandalf. There is some... I don't know if it's just the way that... Well, Ian you McKellen understand he's still played by Ian McKellen. <laughs> <laughs> he's that's not a, actually a wizard. Yeah, that's a clever thing they did. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I what I mean is, like, he he looks different, but he doesn't feel different. You know that this is the same guy, and he might have somehow developed extra powers, and he's somehow wiser, and but he's still kind of this playful version of a wizard. Like, there's still something fun about him. <laughs> He's, he's a mischievous old prick. Yeah, yeah. No. yeah like, I, I really, really like that. That he's he hasn't come back and he's just this kind of all-knowing, you know, he doesn't talk in riddles all of a sudden. That's like, he, well, well, no, he. he Aragorn I mean, calls him out on just that. He says, one thing has not changed. You still speak in riddles. Yeah. And, but- and McKellen does this great little smile. He's like, eh. <laughs> I'm much older and smarter than you all. Fuck yeah, off. Yeah, like there's there's still this real playfulness to him. He hasn't just come back as like a, you know, I, I really Stiff like- Stiff upper lip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. We, well, the return of Gandalf, the, well, not the return of Gandalf, the return of Gandalf and the introduction of Gandalf the White Yeah, also leads to the introduction of Shadowfax. Shadowfax the horse is a very big deal in the books. Right. Very big deal. He's like, he's like the fucking Chris Hemsworth of horses. <laughs> He's, He's just, a big dick. just an astonishing unit. <laughs> a glorious fucking thing, uh, from what we're led to believe. And Shadowfax turns up in the movie, and it's a horse. It's, it's definitely a horse that looks like a horse. I just need to pause for a sec. When you think of a glorious unit, when you think of, like, the epitome of man, yeah. you go to Chris Hemsworth. Oh, uh, Like, right, in, in the year of our Lord 2022, that's probably the first thing I think of, yeah. Wow. Interesting. Late 80s was it Kurt Russell maybe? Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Glorious specimen. <laughs> Very much so. That hair. That hair was great. Volume. <laughs> Such volume. Uh in 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 the year 1999 it was obviously Brendan Fraser. Oh, what a rig. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Fucking champion. <laughs> I just find it interesting that that Hemsworth was your pool. That's I wouldn't have picked that for you. You don't seem like a Hemsworth kind of guy. Is it is it simply because he shares your name? Because I, I, I believe thi- we're the same. I believe we are also same height, same birth year. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's where the similarities end. <laughs> so I was going to say it's shocking to hear that you guys are the same age. You have not aged at the same ratio. <laughs> You think I'd I'd be, um, you think I'd look younger, actually, because when you've got no fat on you, the wrinkles can show more. Yeah. And yet. I mean, we all know that the show's um, favourite Topher is Topher Grace. (laughs) He, I mean, what a unit. (laughs) Specimen of a man. The shadow facts of men. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, shadow facts in the movie, quite frankly, deeply disappointing. But then I mean, again, it's, it's a horse. fucking horse. Yeah. Fucking whatever. I don't care about horses. <laughs> not one of those people. Not, not unless they're winning you money down at the tracks. Ain't that right, mate? Never bet on a horse race in my life. <laughs> Me neither, yeah, actually. Yeah. Fuck horses. Can I shout out a nice edit here? Yeah, go for it, mate. That's what we're here to do, isn't it? <laughs> I suppose so. We are here to discuss the film. Um, Gandalf's just brought Theoden back from his lulled state yeah, under the the powers of Saruman. And as he's coming back, there's this one kind of innocuous, but it'll turn out being kind of important just for the audience's sake, a cut to Wormtongue trying to crawl away on the floor, because he's like, oh, I'm fucked. And then the good thing about this little look, and one of the great things about just the level of, Storyboarding and yada yada yada, that they did. So you can think all this, you can run these scenes already ahead of time to know how to piece these things together. Yeah. Is that that shot of Tongue isn't actually, it's not really to show Tongue trying to get away. It's actually just to orient the audience as to where is Tongue. Yeah. So that hey, then yeah. the very next shot, when we come back to Theoden, who's just gripping his sword again for the first time, it's A's actual sword. I'm not talking, I'm not being dirty. <laughs> <laughs> He's gripping his sword. And he looks to the other side of the room with this, you motherfucker. Yeah. And without the cutaway to worm Tongue, it doesn't yeah. work. We don't know who he's looking at. Possibly he's looking at Gimli going, why are you trying to be funny? <laughs> <laughs> Get off the table. Stop dancing. Um, but again, like just the uh, the level of pre-production, the planning mm-hmm. of all these scenes, it's just got to help so much in the, in, in those kind of bits of construction, which... You're not meant to notice as the audience, because the whole point is that that becomes seamless. Yeah, well, that's edits should be invisible. The more invisible they are, the the better. But you're right. That shot motivation and you know the way that it, that the cuts construct the scene. It's I mean, the entire trilogy. You could spend hours constructing, deconstructing every scene in any of these movies. And I think you're right. Pre-production, even people forget that. It's. I think people take storyboarding for granted. People forget that storyboarding is not traditionally done on films. Storyboarding was invented for animation, and there have been some filmmakers who have adopted it and do it as the norm, but it's not a regular occurrence for film production. Yeah, it's it's so weird. It's such a case by case thing. Like some people yeah. just feel completely inhibited by it. Yes, others yeah. wouldn't dare turn up on the day without it. Exactly, yeah. And and I think that there is a case to be made for both. Like, you know, you hear stories all the time of those happy accidents that happen on sets where something was just captured and it's magic. And But I think that the level of story, especially because PJ was coming in virtually as an indie filmmaker who hadn't done anything of this scope before, I think it was a really smart move. Especially, you know, the shoot was like 14 months. The initial shoot was yeah, like 14 months or something. You're yeah. turning up. There's got to be days yeah. where you turn up and you're like, okay, what are it's we like, actually thank, shooting thank today? God, I know what the shot list. Is. Yeah, yeah. And also, because I'm cooked, it's also given us all that fucking sick concept art. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Such a good call bringing in those two guys, um, oh. How and someone. Yeah, forget whose work so heavily informs. Oh, it's gorgeous. Films. Yeah, gorgeous. Great little moment again with, with the with the recently awoken uh, King Theoden. Where Gandalf's advising him now in like in the worm basically in the worm tongue role now, and puts his hand on the king's throne. Yeah. And um and Bernard Hill, this great little moment where where he looks down at Gandalf's hand and he kinda has this moment of, Are you fucking killing kidding me? I just <laughs> got free of this other prick. Yeah. And now this guy, even though Gandalf, like, we're on side with Gandalf, he we know he's a good guy. Yeah, but he is also absolutely going. Try he's trying to be puppet master to to this king, and this king's like, fuck off! <laughs> like, <laughs> really, come on! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, at around a hundred minutes into this movie, this is where, for me, the kind of disjointed nature of this story compared to Fellowship, yeah, kind of really starts to hit home. We get we get this period where we kind of hit pause on the film to deal with this faltering romance of two people who aren't even in the same place. Yeah. We get Galadriel and Elrond having a bit of an existential crisis chat, again, not in the same place, and it kind of springs up from nowhere. They haven't been in the film. Yep. Up to this point, really. They're also, of course, not in the same place. Uh, Mary and Pippin are doing- not a ton, <laughs> yeah. Really, and there, there's a chunk of this film where I, I wouldn't say I ever think that the two towers, which is a film I really like, I don't think I ever think it it drags, but uh, yeah, in the way that you know, on a scale of one to ten, for me, we're not, we're not really close to a ten. No, but, no, no. You know, fellowship has such such energy and momentum. ...in the story, whereas Two Towers, by comparison, for me, it certainly falters a bit. You know what I think is really interesting to me is when you look at these two from a story perspective... ...Fellowship does something really magical where the story is, at the same time, epic and vast... ...while still feeling very intimate. It feels like a very small story, even though it's this huge epic. And I think that this movie does the opposite of that where it almost feels too large for what it is. It feels very vast. And yet I do think there's a lot where not that much is really driving the story forward. I think that Mary and Pippen are at their best towards the end of the film when they're with the tree guys. The tree guys are great. I love the tree guys (laughs) up to that point. I feel like you could cut a lot of it. Like this is the one film for me where I I, like, don't get me wrong. I'm always going to watch the extended cut of all of these films. But for me, this is the one film where the director's cut could have gone the other way and actually cut stuff out. And I'd be happy with it. Mm. I So for me, I think the film kind of gets back on the rails again with the introduction of Faramir. Yes, yes. And. Agree, because, again, that's where the story really kind of picks up again. That's. This was my biggest. I think for a lot of people. I think I think this is fair enough to say that that a lot of pre existing, you know, book fans were very understanding of a lot of changes. Yeah. That they were okay they were okay with seeing scary Galadriel, for instance. Yeah. Because we needed to know what could happen. Um, yeah, we all like Tom Bombadil, but we understand that you know what? You cut him out, the story's the same. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the only thing across three films that genuinely, bu- and I do understand it, I really do, but the- it was also a genuine bummer for me as a massive Faramir fan that Faramir was not the greatest dude. <laughs> when he, ter- he turns up and we're like, ah, ah, huh. <laughs> you're, um... <laughs> bit of a dick, are Yeah. Do you do you picture Faramir in your head as Chris Hemsworth? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't no, I don't really I don't think I don't think I have anyone for Faramir because of course the fa- like the Faramir that people were were already in love with. Yeah. yeah from the books. In case for anyone who doesn't know. Oh, oh sorry, have you read the books, mate? <laughs> <laughs> um in terms of you know Pre-existing character comps. He's a lot more Aragon than Boromir. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Great guy, Faramir. I'm a big fan. And movie Faramir. <laughs> Much closer to Boromir. Yeah. Much more. And yeah. the justification, which is entirely reasonable, is that this guy has to let the ring go. Yeah, yeah. And if you've spent, at this point, five hours establishing the grip that this thing has on... Yeah, any anyone to have some guy turn up who's just going to be so fucking noble and everything to be like, oh no, all good on your way. Yeah, you'd be like, well, you could you could be like, oh, well, like how do you, how do we sell that? Yeah, um, so I understand the choice, but it's a bummer for those of us who wanted a certain Varamir. I also think that part of it is to, and this this, this going to sound stupid, and this this maybe I'm reading this wrong, but maybe this was for stupid people. <laughs> I think the part of it is to remind you that he is Boromir's brother. We haven't seen Boromir in an entire film, and sure, their names are basically the same—Boromir and Faramir. It's, it's it's dumb writing, but I I do think that part of that change is to tie the link between those two characters in the viewer's eye. So good fantasy writing. Remember, writings. yeah, I know, Wait, right? Saruman and Sauron, like really? <laughs> yeah, like I mean, George R. R. Martin, come on, oh, je- he's he's a bad offender, isn't he? <laughs> Like, I'm watching- I'm currently watching House of the Dragon. I'm not familiar with the texts. And sometimes I'm like, who the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. I thought that was them. (laughs) And they both called that? Are they talking about themselves in the third person? What's going on? (laughs) on? Just call someone... John. (laughs) But don't have everyone called John. (laughs) John with different spelling. This guy is John with an H. This guy is John without an H. (laughs) Um, meanwhile, Aragorn's been separated from everyone, which is entirely worth it because it pays off in a shot that's maybe even better than the fucking shot of Aragorn from Fellowship when he <laughs> opens the doors <laughs> yeah. and happens uh, deep and every straight guy in the cinema started questioning their sexuality. It was incredible. And it remains incredible. Yeah. He's a beautiful man. My God. <laughs> He's the Chris Hemsworth of the early two thousands. No, no, it's just a terrible comp. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to talk about before, or we talk about Helms Deep for an extended period of time? No, let's let's get into Helms Deep. All right. Um, can I can I tell you a secret? Yes. So I already mentioned in Fellowship that for me, that battle at the end, as small as it is, is my favourite battle in the franchise I don't love Helm's Deep the way other people do I'm not a battle guy and I think that Helm's Deep for me is when it drags and we'll get into Return of the King later obviously but geez that is a battle that just goes on and on and on and on and on I'm just not a battle guy and I think while you know Helm's Deep is like obviously visually it's an achievement but I, I'm not. I'm not really here for it. If I'm going to be honest, my take is that Helm's Deep is the greatest battle in films. <laughs> I, I knew that's where you were going. I absolutely. I knew that was going to be the case. Um, and I thought. I thought about it before. Before making that note, I was like, I don't want to just throw that out there. It's a very easy thing to say, but it is. Yeah, I mean, it is my favorite battle that I've ever seen in a film. It's my second favorite battle in this trilogy. Absolutely. You just don't like it that much. I just don't like it that much. But I'm not a battle guy. You know, like that i'm I'm sorry, that's who I am i can I can say that you know saving Private Ryan is my favorite war film, but I don't like war films, and you understand what I'm saying, not even the best war film, not even the best World War II film from that year. that's my take because yours is the thin red line, yeah, yeah, fine movie <laughs> It's very pondering though, isn't it? It's pondering a lot of things, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He is a very ponderous filmmaker. Indeed, gets a little bit up his own ass, which I guess you know, get what you like. It. I mean, I'm here for it. <laughs> Let me follow you up there, Terry. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna list list off things I love about Helms Deep now. Okay, and you go can for Just stand it. there. I'll, I'll I'll sit back and I'll interject. Love the way they choose to- <laughs> I don't know if you know that you did this. Did you notice that you just fully changed your stance yeah, <laughs> to talk about set. Helm's Deep? You like you rocked back. You, you did the dad stance. Like, you, like when a dad is about to tell you about smoking meat or World War II when you're like, Did you know? <laughs> Helm's Deep is my World War II. <laughs> um Love the way they choose to get across how fucking dire this situation is by enlisting Boys and very elderly men. It's yeah. like this is who we fucking need. Yeah, like we're we're fucked. We're, really, we're really up against it. Here. We need bodies. Oi, man, boy, come here. <laughs> we're throwing an oversized helmet on you. You're definitely gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, mum. Yeah. This is how it's going. One of my favorite pieces of sound design in a movie ever is when it starts raining at Helms Deep. Yeah, and to begin with, you get that little what sounds like rain on a tin roof. Yeah. And then it starts pissing down. But that just one quiet moment of just the tink, 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 tink. Yeah. Where it's almost calming. Like, the sound of rain is soothing. Exactly. And it just has fed in so well to this. Because we're in the calm before the storm. Quite literally, we're in the calm before the storm. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, And there will be an actual storm. Oh, and I mean, that in itself is a brave choice. And this is where the battle scene works for me. Like I said, I think visually it's an achievement. Battle scenes, like even great battle scenes, you think about the best battle scenes from Game of Thrones, they don't look half as good as the Battle of Helm's Deep. And I think a lot of it is lighting. We have come to this place where people are like, oh, you know, it wouldn't have been lit out on the battlefield. And it it's so dark you cannot see. And Helm's Deep achieved this beautiful look where, despite... Pissing rain and darkness, everything is visually so clear. And I think it it really is an achievement. I don't think it's been matched since. The clarity of the entire sequence is is one of my favourite things about it. And I think it's kind of astonishing. It's its helped by the fact that it is this, even though you're dealing with an awful lot of bodies. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the physical space, it is this contained thing, yep. which we've spent time in. Making sure the audience knows that, all right, the wall's here, the keep's here, there's a ramp there, yeah. there's a space there, behind that there's there. So whenever anyone is at any point in this landscape, in this battle, you have an orientation for where they are, as opposed to two armies rush together and then you have a bunch of shots Yeah, of yeah. people fighting. That, I think, works exceptionally well. I love Legolas telling the elves that the the armor is weak. Uh what is it? It's at the is it at the neck and under the arm? Yeah. Yeah. Where the, where their arm is weak, which I just like is this little differentiation between the elvish archers and the archers for, from Rohan that even yep. at this distance the elves are actually just gonna be picking off necks yeah, because they're fucking elves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just like that moment. Um I also really like Legolas skating down a fucking set of <laughs> stairs on a shield <laughs> yeah. while shooting people. It fucking rules. Yeah. And there will come a point, and mileage may vary on this, whether it happens in the next film or whether it happens in the Hobbit films, that Legolas's uh, he dexterity jumps and everything, I was going to say, yeah. Legolas jumps the shark. Well, he jumps the elephant, quite literally, <laughs> because I, I will say right now, this is peak Legolas. People can talk about him on the elephant all they want. That sucks shit compared to this. <laughs> Legolas on the stairs is just the right level of- Yeah. I mean, someone could do that. Yeah. I yeah. mean they would They'd fall on their arse. <laughs> yeah. But this guy can do it. I mean shield surfing is such a fun concept. <laughs> fucking yes Legolas. You fucking rule. Um much better than jumping up falling stones and just giving physics the finger. <laughs> yeah. Just no. Aragorn going berserk after Haldir is killed is fucking amazing when he just launches himself just him yeah into the army. <laughs> yeah. Fucking great stuff. <laughs> great stuff, and I don't don't want to hear that there's no way he'd survive that. He'd be overwhelmed. No, fuck you, it's Aragorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He'd make it. (laughs) He's fine. I really like the the continual kind of seesaw effect across the battle that sometimes it seems like, oh, you know what? I think they've got this in hand. Yeah. Like, we're up on the wall, you're down there, I think we're going to be okay. And then, the baddies bring something else to the party. And it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, no, We're yeah. definitely fucked again. And then, yeah. you know, maybe you maybe you retreat to the keep. And it's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe we can hold this ground. And it's like, oh, shit. They've got super ladders <laughs> with fucking harpoons. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think we're fucked again. Yeah. And then, oh, maybe we could just hold up here. Uh, no, no, I think we're fucked again. And for me, the whole thing is so engrossing that every single time I watch it, every single time, I forget that Gandalf is coming. I is forget just every time. I'm just picturing him up on the tower, just having a cheeky way. What are you talking about? you said he's coming. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh, come on. So, hey, that was funny. Okay. <laughs> so just as finally you're like, okay, well, now there's now there's nowhere else to go. Yeah. Now we really are cooked. Yeah. Here's Gandalf and Ayama. Of course, it's not AMR in the book. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wait, have you read the books, mate? (laughs) Yeah, look, it is one of those things. I I have to say, I know that before we put this on, I said to you that this is my least favorite. Every time I watch it, I feel like I, I say to myself in my head, maybe this is better than Return of the King. Because I'm not going to lie to you. the last couple of times I've watched Return of the King, the less I've enjoyed it. And I don't know this this movie is growing on me like I mean, okay, it's twenty years later, and I've now seen it many, 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 many times. but it grows on me a little every time, I have to say there's a there's a weirdly I don't know it's it seems weird to me that it works and sometimes it doesn't, but then eventually it kind of does, yeah, that, that's my setup for. <laughs> The cutting away from Helms Deep to the Ents. Yes. Now, initially in the battle, every time we cut away to the Ents, it's a bit of a bummer. It's like, okay, we've stopped a battle. See, I'm actually okay with that because, as I've mentioned, I'm not a big battle fan. <laughs> All right. For I those of us love the talking trees. For those of us who aren't, really, <laughs> it's like, okay, we've stopped the battle, yeah. the big fucking cool thing that's happening. No, to go to the sick fucking talking trees for the very slow talking trees. And I know that Peter Jackson, I think. It's like a point of pride for him when people are like, "Geez, the ants are boring," because and he's like, um, "Yeah, they're trees. Yeah, they are. Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> and like this, like the seesawing between the two sides in the battle, you get this kind of seesawing to Every time you go to the ants, it's like, oh, "Okay, here we go." <laughs> Slow everything down, but then that will just tip over the course of the battle to, "Oh my god, everything's fucked." But then the one thing that energizes everything and brings you back is the tree beard goes, "You motherfucker, Saruman! I'm going to wreck your shop." Yeah, yeah, and that sequence is fucking spectacular as well. It's so is. happy. I've, I don't know if I've ever been happier in my life than when you see it's it's small in the shot, but you very you definitely notice it, and you're meant to notice it that the ant that was on fire puts himself out, <laughs> and everyone's like, "Thank God!" I was really worried about that guy. <laughs> Yeah, Helm's Deep fucking rules. That's I'm done. I'm done. Helm's Deep is the okay. best. You know, I, I am shocked. This we have been recording for nearly an hour. I thought Actually was, I'm not done on it. I <laughs> thought there was no way that we would go longer here than we did on Fellowship. Like, we're not talking about the cast, we're not talking about the music. We've already spoken about all that stuff. And yet here we are talking for nearly as long about this movie. Yeah, I really like these movies. <laughs> We are we are not gonna finish watching Return of the King till after one AM It'll it'll be dawn and Gandalf will oh. turn off. Look to the east, Billy. Oh. I've got I've got to get up in the morning. I've got to take the kids to ballet at nine. I've got a 40th tomorrow night. I will be asleep for it. <laughs> we we spoke in the previous episode about how much we respect the fact that they're willing to just write these things, which if the actors don't completely commit to it. Yeah. This is going to be some daft shit. Yeah. But everyone is so committed to just going full Tolkien on this thing that you can write the line for King Theoden, now for Wrath, now for Ruin, (laughs) and instead of it sucking, it's the best. It's actually just the best that when they charge- Him saying that is better than the charge that (laughs) follows it. Yeah, you know one thing you miss in the theatrical. I, it, like we've been saying, it's been so long since we watched the theatrical cuts yeah. that you forget what's not there. Shocked to discover that you don't have Gimli and Legolas tallying up all of their kills at, really? the, at the end of the battle. Um, you miss a well, you miss a bunch of it during, I think, and then at the end, we don't hear what they end at. Yeah, right. Um, so while it was while Helm's Deep was going. I did take a couple of seconds to open the calculator on my phone here. Um, We know how many baddies there are. Yeah. We know roughly how many goodies there are. Yeah. The goodies, I think, needed to kill. Okay, you know what? I don't know if I was counting the elves here. So this is going to be wrong, but you'll you'll get the point. Yeah. Yeah. They needed to kill something in the vicinity of 30 orcs for every one of them that went down. Okay. Now, Gimli and Legolas, they do kill more than 30 each, but it's not so much more than 30. Yeah. That I think it can account for the amount of people that killed I mean fucking none. Uh, well, I just died just died early. That's what I was gonna say. Unless you had some people like fucking Doug hiding in the corner who just runs away and doesn't kill any. Yeah. And then yeah, maybe. So I think there's got to be other people like if if that's how if, if they're doing well by killing only that many. I think Aragorn probably killed five thousand <laughs> <laughs> when he went berserker after Haldir died. Yeah. I think he probably took out several thousand. Probably, there's apparently ten thousand of them. That's a lot. That is a lot. That is that is a lot. Are we at the end? Yeah, and actually, I really so th- this is the the way this movie ends could so easily bug me that that Gandalf. Okay, not not counting the the very the very final uh, scene between Sam Frodo and Gollum, but Gandalf doing his the battle for Helm's Deep is over. Yeah, the battle for Middle Earth is about to begin. Yeah, that could so that could so easily yeah, yeah, (laughs) that could so easily bug me. Yeah, uh, and I love it. Yeah, because Ian McKellen is incredible. Yeah, it just made me go, get get Return of the King into me right now. Yeah. So, I mean, how did you feel about the end of this movie? We've spoken about the fact that it doesn't end where the book does. Were you upset about that as I, someone I who sh- I'm shocked to discover <laughs> you've read the book? Have I mentioned um, <laughs> it? No, I wasn't I wasn't angered at it, partly because, of course, chron- chronologically, the th- this actually makes far more sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was definitely surprised. I was definitely surprised because we are, we're some way. Yeah. From, from where Frodo and Sam wind up. Yeah. At the end of the Two Towers. But that was, I, I, I had no problem with that, that twist coming from the filmmakers. So, how are, you, how are you scoring this after all these years? Has it risen in your estimation? Has it lowered in your estimation? Because, like I said, for me, every time I watch this, I like it a little bit more. Uh, I don't like it as much as I did when it first came out. When I was just like, it's a new Lord of the Rings, therefore I'm fucking obsessed about it. Um, and as the, as the years went by, I actually started to pick. There, there were just things that bugged me about the film. Yeah, right. Um, a film that I still really fucking like. I could I could give it a nine, but I won't. I'll give it an eight. Yeah, I'm I'm also an eight. I think an eight is a perfectly fair score for this. Yeah, uh, plenty of people out there. Plenty of people out there. This is their favorite, and I, f- I don't. I find that weird. I don't know what percentage of those people it is, but some of them fucking guarantee some of them it's because this is you know it's the middle one it's the quote unquote dark one and yeah, of course it, it's the Empire Strikes Back so that the it's rings. therefore it's the coolest one to like yeah so, if you're one of those people, fuck off. Come on, you know you like fellowship more. Just fuck off. If, if Two Towers is your favourite, cool. More power to you. I got no beef with that. But if you just think that it should be your favourite, uh, fuck off. Well, I mean, before before we go put it on, do you know anyone for whom Return of the King is their favourite? Yes. R- really? Many people? I don't know, I haven't tallied it. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we, should we go watch that one? Because... Okay. My watch has already gone to bedtime mode, where it's not even showing me the time because it thinks I should be asleep. And we are uh, yet to start the longest movie ever. Oh fuck! Are we are we gonna watch the extended? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like I wanted to, but if we do the extended, you're not going home until like three a.m. We're gonna we're gonna need nuggets. Well, that was already. <laughs> Come on. We get, like, like you pretend that that's the thing that's pushed it over the edge. Do you do you really think that you're going to be driving tonight? I know I am. You think you think you can resist beers? <laughs> I can resist beers. I'm I'm very mature these days. Doesn't sound like you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, shall we go crack into it then? Let's do it. All right. Well, we're we're going to go and press play on that, and uh, you find people out there, will hear that next week. Uh, so in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at we Watch the thing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash thing, and we will catch you with Return of the King. Ears drenched in sweat, my like glasses are fogging up. <laughs> that was such a long record. Fuck, I'm glad uh, giving people a <laughs> glimpse into what it's like being in a room with you. <laughs> Fucking hell. Are you are you not sweaty? No, I'm not. I'm fine. No, you, <laughs> you stay over that side. <laughs> you're a very you're a very low energy podcaster. You don't you know you don't get into it like this is a workout for me. Yeah, that literally. Minute of exercise while we were recording. (laughs) (laughs) From standing and talking. From from standing and talking. (laughs) Pretty taxing for you, isn't it?